Blog Talk Radio. Football fans and my diehard sports fans too. Another edition of the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. I am your host, Neek, and my main man, Mr. C, better known as Chuck, is my co-host. What's going on, man? How you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic, Neek. I know we got a lot to talk about today, so I ain't gonna go on the rant. Let's just jump right in it. <clears throat> all right, but first of all, we were just like, you know, from Neek and Chuck, man, we would just like to send our condolences to a legend, to one of the funniest comedians in Hollywood. And I know a lot of people sitting out there saying, ah, he lived in his brother's shadow. Yeah, I understand all that. But, man, my main man, Charlie Murphy, passed away today at the age of, the young age of 57 years old um, due to a battle with leukemia. And it's crazy, man, because I didn't even know he was sick. And, um, you know, I got the news today, actually, because I was at our track meet coaching today, and I seen the news. It said, breaking news, Charlie Murphy. And I said, Charlie Murphy passed away? And it's crazy because one of the coaches I coach with, he showed me a video of his last interview. I think it was back in October, November. And, man, he looked so skinny and just, you know, I was just looking like, wow. I mean, he doesn't look, you know, well, look like there's something could be wrong with him, but. Yeah, I didn't know he had leukemia, but just want to send our condolences to him and his family. And, and man, Charlie, man, man, one of the best. All I remember is this, man. I'm just going to say this, man. One of my favorite lines from the Chappelle show, Charlie Murphy, everybody. Charlie Murphy, Charlie Murphy. <laughs> but, you know, man, my man Charlie Murphy, man, he played in so many movies back when we was growing up. You know, I had to go back and look at the list. I was just like, man, Harlem Nights. Jungle Fever, Mo Better Blues, The Players Club, um, you know, and then he played in a lot of other straight-to-video movies, man. I ain't going to throw that Murder Was the Case out there, but I'll go ahead and throw it out there, man, because the soundtrack was great, but that movie was terrible. <laughs> but uh, he also played in Vampire Brooklyn and some other movies. But, yeah, man, we just want to send our condolences to a very funny comedian, man, that we grew up on, got to watch, and Enjoy some of the films that he played in. Chuck, you want to add anything to this? Nope. Just a sad loss. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so tonight, fans, tonight's show, we're going to go through and recap uh, free agency for the AFC South and the AFC West division. But before we start with that, I do have a little bit of info. Not too much going on right now in the NFL. Um, we're getting ready. I know teams are getting ready for the upcoming draft that will be taking place on April 27th through the 29th, so teams are having a lot of visits with a lot of these players in the first round, and um, so that's pretty much what's going on right now, but Chuck's Bengals did make a little small trade. They traded for former Jacksonville Jaguars defensive end Chris Smith in exchange for a 2018 conditional draft pick. Smith has four and a half sacks in 19 games over his 
a three-year career. So we kind of look at this move as a death move. <laughs> um, so like I said, we'll see what uh, Chris Smith can add to this Bengals defensive line. Also, uh, former Rams um, linebacker James Laronitis, after eight years, has decided to retire at the age of 30. Um, he was a second-round pick from the Ohio State University in 2009 and has started all 16 games for the Rams for seven straight seasons, tallying at least 100 combined tackles every year. Um, he last played with the Saints um, last year, but was cut um, in November after only playing in just five games. Hey, you know, Larry Nice, man, he had a solid career, very solid career. But, you know, like I said, at the end of his career, um, injury started taking a toll on his body, couldn't stay healthy. And, hey, I can't knock him for calling the quits, man. When your body tell you it's time to go, it's time to go, man. Can't can't argue with your body on that. All right, so, Chuck, let's get into this AFC South division. And, and a team I want to start with, man, is these Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, because last year, you know, I was high on this team. I was thinking they was going to turn the page. Cause I'm saying, man, they got so much young talent. But, man, you look at this offseason, they went out and signed former Raiders tight end, Michael Rivera, who has good speed and can get open. I think he's actually going to put some decent stats in Jacksonville. Um, they also traded for tackle Brandon Albert, who's definitely an upgrade over uh, former bust, old bust, uh, Luke Jokel. And um, they also signed strong safety, uh, Barry Church, which is definitely an upgrade over former uh, – uh, uh, Jaguars strong safety Jonathan Cyprian who was just man who struggled wrapping up on tackles man just blowing assignments yeah I, I just I love the move of Barry Church man he's a hard nosed physical in the box you know doesn't miss too many tackles safety um, they also signed former Texans cornerback you know a lot of people thought this guy was a shutdown cornerback last year for the Texans and a lot of fans in the Houston Texans organization the fans were just like man can't let the guy leave, but, uh, you know, it's all about business, all about that money. But A.J. Baoye finally got paid, going to get paid, man, got his money going to Jacksonville, which is going to be a great signing for them. And I think that tandem of him and Jalen Ramsey will be be something to deal with, man. I mean, hey, teams in the AFC South, it's, it's going to be a little struggle throwing on these guys for the next few years. Good signing right there. And they also signed uh, defensive end Khalid Campbell. And they also signed a uh, former Lions guard, Earl Watford. Actually, sorry about that. Former uh, Cardinals guard, Earl Watford, who should start. And they also signed some little low-key signings like middle linebacker, former Vikings middle linebacker, Audie Cole, and defensive tackle, Stephon Charles. But, Chuck, with all that being said, man, it's only one question about this team. You got all the pieces. You got the wide receivers, you know, the Allen boys and – and you got Marquise Lee, who finally stayed healthy for pretty much the whole season, had a career year, 63 catches, 851 yards, and three touchdowns. But it all comes down to BB, better known as Blake Bortles. And Blake Bortles, man, this is the most crucial season of your career. You're either going to step up or you're going to get chopped off coming next year because, man, this team is loaded. So much young talent. And like I said, they are loaded on that offensive side. And I know, Chuck, you're not a big fan of that offensive line, but you got to admit, Brandon Albert was definitely an upgrade. And then at the right tackle spot, I still feel that Jeremy Parnell is still 
suspect to me, man. I still feel like they can get an upgrade over him. They probably maybe attack that in the draft. But you know the man who's in charge of running the ship right now, Tom Coughlin. He's getting good players in this organization, but it all starts with Blake Borders, man. So how do you feel about this Jags offseason so far? All season so far has been good, uh, but every year we, we've been high on the Jaguars and they seem to disappoint, or they do disappoint every year. And I have to be, disagree with you. I don't think it starts with Blake Bortles. I think it, like I always say, it starts with that line because Blake Bortles actually put up some okay numbers last year. Now we're just talking about the numbers. I mean, he threw, uh, I think, 59, 59%. Uh, passing completion, which was which is on the low end. You want to get that up into the 60s. He threw for 3,900 yards. And hit, but here's the key, the two key stats. 23 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Now, 23 touchdowns, that's a decent amount. In today's NFL, you can't compare those to the Drew Breeses and the Tom Brady's and nothing like that. But 23 touchdowns to win you a lot of football games. And then 16 interceptions, it can get better. If he take four or five, maybe even six interceptions off of that, great. And add about five, six, seven more touchdowns. I mean, he he's a prime Pro Bowl real estate with those type of numbers. So last year, Blake Borders, he did okay. The real problem is the running game. Where's the running game? And we know the running game. They brought in Chris Ivory, oh, back from um, – did his thing with the New York Jets a few years back. They brought him in, thought he was going to be able to do something for him. Then all we know T.J. Yeldon, he's kind of been a disappointment over his career. We had – everybody had big hopes for him. But this running game was ranked 22nd overall last year. Now, it don't matter what quarterback you got there, got back there unless it's like the elite of the elite. Like, you had Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, one of those dudes back there, Drew Brees, they can do without a running game. But Blake Bortles, we're not asking Blake Bortles to be that. Blake Bortles doesn't have to be those elite quarterbacks. He just has to be a very good quarterback, which I think he can be. And this team can win, but they need that running game. So while Blake Bortles is an important piece, I'm not putting all this on his shoulders because, you know, he's putting up some decent numbers. And if he had a better running game, I think his numbers would be – he would be a much better quarterback. Now, what he do, what he needs to do – is continue to reduce those interceptions, continue to take care of the ball. If you do that, add a few more touchdowns and they got a running game, I think these Jags are going to do some things. Because last year we know their defense uh, uh, was pretty solid. I mean, they they did kind of stick against the run, but they were excellent against the pass. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, that, that was a hell of a draft pick, man. He had a hell of a year. He's only going to get better. Like you see, they got some lot of lot of great pieces on the defensive side of the ball. Offensive side of the ball, they make some moves, got rid of that bum, Beecham which is a step in the right direction. But the <laughs> offensive line still needs – the offensive line still needs improvement. And then at the tight end position, I mean, Marcellus Lewis, uh, bro, you got to step up. You got to get help. I don't know what his excuse is, but you got to step up. They brought you in for a reason. Uh, but if they can do those things and they get that running game, that running game going, which I think they will because Tom Coughlin is in the building, they will get that address. They will get that fixed. And once they do that, then they'll start winning some games. They're going to win more than three games. I hear you, man, but I'm I'm I I gotta piggyback for what you were saying, man, because it's on Blake Bortles. Because last year, Chuck, I watched them Jags. Blake Bortles is not a smart on out there. We touched on his sixteen, but he looked lost back there. 
I mean, you got the trio of wide receivers, and I understand the running game. They let them down, but that also goes to the offensive line, too. You know, Luke Joker was not opening up any running lanes. I mean, they're solid in the middle with Linder and Can, but, you know, Luke Joker, that's why they had to get rid of him and bring in Brandon Albert. So you're going to watch, you're going to see a lot of, a lot of counters to the left side on Brandon Albert's side, and he knows how to get some push, man. You know what I'm saying? He knows how to uh, uh, move the crowd. But, you know, it's on Blake Borders, man, because a lot of those games, some Jags were getting blown out. You know, like it was close in the first half, third, fourth quarter. They're down by 21 points. But guess what? Blake Bortles had them stats, them garbage stats, and it made him look good. So that's why I look back on that season. I say, yeah, he put up some good numbers, but a lot of that's garbage stats, you know? So, like I said, man, they, they, they got to hit it good in this draft. Um, I think they're probably going to go running back. I don't know if they're going to go with Fournette that early in the draft. I don't think they should. But if they do, hey, you know, that's that that should be a good running game back there. And hopefully in that second and third round, they can address that offensive line. With that being said, they can do that then it's all on Blake Bortles. He needs to step up this year because this is his year. All right, let's move on to the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans, man. This team right here is on the rise. I got to give it up to general manager John Robinson. He's doing a great job bringing in some good young talent to this team. They signed center Tim Lito uh, for good death behind um, they already one of their best centers in the game, Ben Jones. They also brought in nose tackle former Broncos, Sylvester Williams who's kind of been a disappointment in Denver, um, 29 tackles and a sack. Hopefully he can um, play to his potential, maybe a change of scenery, might do the job for him. They also brought in a former Patriots quarterback, Logan Ryan, coming off of a solid season, 92 tackles, two interceptions, who's going to be starting opposite Jason McCourty. And then, like I said, man, I touched on that Jonathan Cipri, <laughs> a former Jags, and they got him. So, I don't know, man. We'll see what happens with that. And they also signed a couple special special team aces, uh, former Raiders, special team aces, and Darren Bates and Brendan Trawick. And they also signed former Falcons wide receiver Eric Weems. So, here's my question. Who's the number one wide receiver? What you guys going to do? Are you going to take Mike Williams early, or are you going to go with Corey Davis a little bit further back because I know they got two first-round picks um, because right now Rashard Matthews and uh, Todd Sharp, they're basically number two and number three receivers. And then Sylvester Williams, man, I mean, hey, you know, I mean, you was a former first-round pick. Maybe, like I said, change the scenery might do some good. Let's see if you can step up. And then the definite middle linebacker behind uh, Wesley Wood, Wood, Woodyard, that definitely needs to be addressed. So, like I said, man, Titans don't have too many holes because, like I said, that offensive line is set. I mean, Taylor Lewan, that's who I wanted a couple years ago. And then Jack Conklin last year. Man, I wish my Giants could have got him, man. Them Titans jumped right up and took him out of our – took us from us, man. I was like, damn. And we could have uh, kicked old Eric Flower bum ass over to that right tackle. <laughs> but, man, you know, they, they had a great pick, man, because right now them Titans are set with two great tackles for years to come. So they should be dominating in that run game with your boy Henry and um, DeMarco Murray. So, with that being said, man, I think the Titans are on the right track, man. So, what you think about these Titans, Chuck? Yeah, they're definitely on the right track. They got a quarterback. They're set there. They got a running game. They're set there. They got some good good pieces at uh, on the offensive line. They're set there. Delaney Walker had a hell of a year last year. They're set there. Like you said, their main concern, at least on the offensive side of the ball, is trying to find that game-breaking number one wide receiver. And fortunately for them, there's a couple of them in this draft, so I think they're going to address that in the first round, if possible. 
Uh, I think the wide receiver, I think the the top wide receivers in this class are gonna gonna fall. They, I, don't, I don't think any of the wide receivers are gonna be taken in the top ten. Uh, that's you know, at this point in time, things may change before the draft happens, but that's my feeling now. So they can address that in the draft. Defensive side of the ball. They got some pieces over there. They were outstanding against the run last year, but they stuck up the joint against the, <laughs> against the pass. Uh, I mean, you need a better pass rush. You need a better secondary. Brian Arakpo, I can't believe he's still uh, uh, balling like that. He had 10 ass sacks. He did his job last uh, uh, last year. Um, so he'd be a good piece for them um, again this coming year. So, um, you know, it, it, the Titans, they're looking good. I mean, it's AFC South. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be an interesting uh, um, division to watch. All right, <clears throat> Houston Texans, man, this team defense boy, they 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 balled out last year. So that being said, you know, general manager Rick Smith said, you know what, we're gonna be nine players in this free agency market, man. We're not, we're really not gonna go out and do too much because, which is kind of smart because he wants to build the team through the draft, and this team really doesn't have too many holes like that. They did lose some key um, um, guys such as, you know, the all-pro cornerback, um, A.J. Boye, and um, they also lost uh, their outside linebacker, John Simon, who was a good deaf guy, um, you know, could come in for your boy uh, Whitney Merciless. And then they also lost strong safety, Quentin Demps, who had six picks last year. So my questions with this team heading this offseason, heading to the draft, is who's going to be the team's number one quarterback? Is it Tom Savage? We saw a little bit about Tom last year. Not much, just a little small size. Or Brandon Whedon. I don't even know why. I, I just don't even know why I brought that up. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I just, you know, that's the two quarterbacks on the roster right now. Or are they going to make maybe make a move for uh, your boy? Um, um, you know, the old uh, 49ers quarterback, man. Are they going to go after uh, – uh, your boy, what's his name again, man? Um, God, I can't believe I forgot, man. I'm getting old. Uh, uh, what's quarterback? Oh, 49ers quarterback, man. Oh, Kaepernick. Kaepernick. Yeah, I was about to say Kilpatrick. <laughs> yeah, Kaepernick. So, yeah, are they gonna make a move for Kaepernick? Because Jay Cutler has said that, you know, he's still contemplating retirement right now. So if they don't get Cutler, maybe Kaepernick, or maybe they spend a first round pick on the quarterback in this draft. So that's that's a big question with this team right now. Also, uh, who's going to be the right outside linebacker starting opposite Whitney and Merciless is going to be Scarlett or Rashad, who they have on the uh, roster right now. And at the strong safety position, K.J. Dillon, are you ready to start? I mean, I was hiring you coming out of West Virginia a couple years ago. So let's see if you're going to be ready to start. And then the cornerback, we know they got Kareem Jackson. We know they got Kevin Johnson. We know they have the old man, Jonathan Joseph. But who's going to be that next A.J. Aboyoy? Who's going to be him? Who's going to be him? I mean, are they going to go uh, first round with cornerback, or are they going to wait in that second round, maybe a Sidney Jones, uh, maybe try to pick him up? I know he's coming off that uh, torn ACL, but they did say that he would be ready for football uh, come October. But that would be a great pickup, man, if you can get him in the second or third round. With that being said, Texans, this team is headed in the right direction, but it all starts with the quarterback position. Who are they going to get, Chuck? I don't know who they're going to get, uh, but they definitely need to address position because they got bamboozled. They got uh, whatever, some other crazy words you can't, they messed up. They chose poorly. All those things you can, you can put in terms of 
you can say in the terms of their quarterback situation uh, that happened this, this offseason. I mean, they brought in Brock Osweiler, who last year, I mean, he's so he's so average. Like, I, 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 that's all you can really say about it. He He's so average. Uh, you know, Blake Bortles put up way better numbers than him. And, you know, I ain't saying you was bad mouth for Blake Bortles, but you were trying to put all the pressure on Blake Bortles. And Blake Bortles put up, yeah, I get Blake Bortles had some garbage time in there or whatever. His team was 3-13, and 13, and the Texans were 9-7 uh, and seven last year. But my point is, Brock Osweiler is looking super average. They got rid of They shipped that bum to Cleveland. Cleveland, <laughs> the most one of the most retarded trades I've, I've seen in a long time. But <laughs> I know I ain't, you ain't supposed to say the word retarded anymore. But the word retarded applies to the situation. That was a retarded trade by the Browns taking on that contract and taking on the average quarterback known as Brock Osweiler. Uh, so then the Houston Texans, I guarantee they was counting on that bum. Oh, I'm sorry, Tony Romo in Dallas. Uh, you know, they respected him to become a free agent or, you know, be, be traded by the Dallas Cowboys. They was hoping that he would want to stay in Texas, stay close to his family, go right down the road. How far away is Houston from Dallas? Nick? About an hour and a half. Four hours. Four hours, yeah, some hour and a half, four hours, close enough. So they were just hoping he would stay for, within four hours of his family, come on down to Houston and play for them. But you know what? They was wrong because Tony Romo said, screw y'all. He took Phil Sims' job, kicked Phil Sims to the curb, and now he's sitting in the booth with the best, one of the best jobs in the world, getting paid to watch and talk about football. So now the Houston Texans are officially screwed. They have no quarterback. I mean, well, they have a quarterback. They have Tom Savage, but come on. That's like not having a quarterback. And Brandon Wheaton, that's a negative. I mean, you, you have Brandon Wheaton on your roster. You're going to need two quarterbacks just to have one quarterback on your roster because he's a negative when it comes to the quarterback position in the National Football League. And funny enough, he used to be with the Browns. But anyway, we won't go there. Houston Texans, that defense lights out, but they need help. Uh, they don't want to end up like those old Baltimore Ravens from the early 2000s where it was all about defense and they couldn't win no games because the offense – or they couldn't – they do winning games, but it was strictly because of the defense. Offense, just go out there and don't turn over the ball. Uh, and that's what I think the Texans are going to have to do this year uh, because I don't think for this season they're going to get a franchise quarterback. I mean, they can go in this draft and get one of those rookies, uh, get the quarterback from Clemson, get the quarterback from North Carolina. You can go out there and do that, but they're going to be a rookie. You know, so uh, – it doesn't matter. It's not. They're not gonna come out and be Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was an anomaly. <laughs> you know, most rookie quarterbacks don't come out and do what Dak Prescott did, lead their team to the playoffs. So what they need to do, Tom Savage might have to be the man. I, I don't know. But anyway, they're gonna have to address the position, uh, and it's gonna be an interesting season for the for the Houston Texans fans because their defense is gonna come to play, especially when with JJ coming back. Uh, hopefully a healthy JJ and Cloudy uh, healthy. So if both of them dudes is healthy, defense, I, I, the sky's the limit for this defense. But that offense is the main concern. What you gonna do at the quarterback position? Uh, the only real backups worth that you that are worth trading for is Jimmy G from the Patriots and then AJ McCarron from the Bengals. But both the Bengals and the Patriots, they're gonna make you pay. They're gonna make you pay a premium for both of them. And I don't think the Texans are going to pay that premium because they got other positions they need to also address in this draft. So they want to keep that first round pick. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what the Texans do. All right. 
Indianapolis Colts, a team that has a franchise quarterback in Andrew Luck. But the problem with this team is that defense aside, and former general manager Ryan Grigsby just made some of the most dumbest free agency decisions that has set this defense back the last few years. And you know what Jim Ursay said? He said, man, you know what? I'm sick and tired of this, man. We're not making no progress on that defensive side of the ball. So you know what, Ryan Grigsby, man? I'm going to have to make a change with you, and you are going to have to what? He need to get dropped off! <laughs> he didn't need to get dropped off. He got dropped off, which was the right decision by the general manager and the owner, um, uh, Jim Ursay. So with that being said, this was a defensive offseason for free agency for these Indianapolis Colts. They went out and got nose tackle Al Woods. They also signed former Bengals defense end Marcus Hunt, uh, former Patriots defense end Jabal Sheard. Um, they also signed uh, outside linebacker, former Texan outside linebacker, John Simon, uh, Barkevius Mingo, uh, who's coming off a Super Bowl ring in uh, New England, also is going to be coming in and help out this defense, along with former Titans middle linebacker, Sean Spence from the U, who had 54 tackles, three sacks last year for um, the Tennessee Titans. And they also signed former Baltimore Ravens. Wide receiver Kamar Aiken, who a couple years ago almost had a thousand receiving yards. So with that being said, this team decided we're going to have to get faster at these positions, get younger, because this team had a lot of old veterans like Eric Walden, your boy Trent Cole, um, last couple seasons, and they didn't really produce like that. Eric Walden did have eleven sacks last year, but he got lucky, and he was <laughs> he was just in the place at the right time, man. He, he's not that great of a player, and that's why they cut him. So my question is like this, man. I'm just going to go straight to the defensive side. Is Marcus Hunt really going to be this team's defensive tackle, starting defensive tackle? No, right now, I'll go ahead and answer that for you right now. No, go I'll ahead. go ahead and answer that. I said no. I'll go ahead and answer that for you right now. No. No. That, that's, this was a desperation sign. And Marcus Hunt has all the talent in the, has all the talent in the world to be a a great player. Not just a good a great player. He's six foot eight. 300-some pounds, uh, great athlete. Uh, when he plays low, he's he's unblockable. I remember like two or three years ago, uh, maybe it was, two, yeah, two or three years ago during a preseason game. I mean, I forget who the Bengals were playing, but he absolutely destroyed the other team's linemen because he got low and he used that long-ass reach of a person that's six foot eight, put that one arm on that offensive tackle, threw the dude to the ground like he was a little kid acting up in a grocery store. Because the dude, he could just, but that was like an, that was like one, that was like his greatest play ever. Like when Marcus Hunt plays, he seems disinterested. Uh, he seems like he's just out there for a check sometimes. Sometimes he looks like he wants to come to play. And then Nick, he just doesn't have that fire in the belly that you need to play football. Like he's from Estonia, you know, it's a, uh, it's a different, uh, he he grew up with a different culture. You know, I'm not saying people from Estonia don't have Estonia don't have that fire in their belly to to be aggressive and all the, the the traits you need to be a football player. The traits that are common to a lot of Americans and you know, um, yeah. Let me just say uh, a lot of Americans. I don't want to get no political <laughs> crap. 
to a lot of to a lot of Americans. So he he just he just didn't seem like he had that aggressiveness. It just I, I don't know. He just I I don't get. It. Maybe that's his personality. That's great, but he he just doesn't have to me. He never had it. Uh, every once in a while, you might see it come out. Uh, so I, I no. He he will not be a starter on this coast off uh, defensive line. If he is. That's a testament to how crappy this coach defensive line is because he just he has all the physical tools, man. It's just upstairs and it's in the in the, in the chest cavity. It's the heart and the head. He doesn't he doesn't have that. But you know what? What he do for you? He will block a couple field goals for you. You know what? Maybe that gets you a victory or two. Uh, you know, blocking a field goal to win the game. So he will contribute on special teams. He starts on this D line. That defense, that that coach defense is in trouble. But you know what? I may be totally wrong. The 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 coach defensive line coach may be a miracle worker. He may be the exact thing that Marcus Hunt needs to light that fire under his ass and turn him into a a Hall of Fame player. The Bengals D line coach just ain't have it. Just want to be able to pull it out of him. Maybe the coach can do that, but I doubt it. All right. Also, my other question, <clears throat> excuse me, with this team is the cornerback position. Who's the number two corner opposite Vontae Davis? You have Rashawn Melvin, uh, decent last year, or Daryl Moore. So that's going to be maybe an interesting battle uh, heading into training camp, or maybe they go ahead and draft a cornerback early in this draft. Also, another question I have is Edwin Jackson, who had 60 tackles last year, two sacks, or Sean Spence. Who's going to be the starting right inside linebacker? Is going to be one of those two guys, or are they going to go in the draft draft early? Um, because we know Antonio Morrison, uh, the young kid out of Florida who they drafted last year, should be the starter at the left inside linebacker position. So that's pretty much my questions that I have for the Indianapolis Colts. All right, let's move to the AFC West. We got about 15 minutes left in the show, so Chuck, let's get through these four teams right here. All right. You know, I got to start with my Raiders, man. I got to start with my Las Vegas Raiders. And it's just crazy, man, saying that Las Vegas. But, hey, it is what it is. But for the next couple years, Raider Nations, you know, this is the Oakland Raiders. So let me just say that. So the Raiders, they weren't too busy um, in the free agency market because they know they got big contract extensions. They're going to have to dish out for Derek Carr and also for Khalil Mack and also um, Pro Bowl offensive lineman Gabe Jackson. But what they did do is go out and sign weak side linebacker Jelani Jenkins, who has only played in 22 games in the past two seasons. But when he's fully healthy, he is definitely a stud, a sideline, a sideline linebacker who has great instincts and can cover. And they also signed the death signing right here. I'm not too big on him because, Chuck, you know about him. He played for my Giants last year. Right tackle Marshall Newhouse. Which is basically, like I said, death signing. <laughs> I don't see Newhouse starting anytime soon. If he does, we in trouble. Just put it like that. They also signed a Pro Bowl kick returner slash wide receiver, Corderell Patterson, who actually stepped up last year, had 52 catches as a wide receiver for the Vikings. He has led the NFL kick return average the last two seasons in 2015 with a 31.8 and last season, 31.7 average. Um, and they also signed former Packers tight end, Jared Cook. We all know about the big play he made in the playoffs against the Cowboys, the big catch to set up the game, win a field goal for the Green Bay Packers. So I like this pickup for the Raiders. That just gives Derek Carr another target to go along with Clyde Wofford. So the Raiders should be running a lot of two tight end sets. Now, 
What do we need? We need a middle linebacker. We need one bad. <laughs> I mean, we really do. I'm sitting here looking at my looking at this every day. I look at my Raider Sports News, and I'm just sitting here saying, when are the hell are we gonna resign Perry Riley? Because when we brought Perry Riley in last year, he shut down man opposing teams' run game. I mean, he led the team in tackles, and we got him or what in the middle of October. So yeah, we gotta resign Perry Riley. If we don't resign him, I guess with that first pick in the first round, um, I think we're picking twenty four. I think we'll probably go ahead and take Jared Davis, the Florida middle linebacker, and then also running back who's gonna be number one running back, Marshawn Lynch. Or I hear the Raiders are linked heavily to Joe Mixon. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna take Mixon in the first round. I mean, um, I, that's kind of high, but. There are a lot of teams that are at the bottom of the first round, so they might take Joe Mixon. And then also, we need explosive defensive tackle, man. And I think in the second round, we can get that in Florida's defensive tackle, Caleb Brantley. And then my other question is, are we going to make a trade for Richard Sherman? And if we do do that, because I've been hearing the Raiders and Richard Sherman name a lot, and if we do do that, we need to go ahead and offer like a third-round pick for next year's draft. Not this year, but next year. And I know Reggie McKenzie doesn't like to give him draft picks, but they did. Maybe cough that up and go ahead and ship uh, Sean Smith slow ass out as well, <laughs> which would be good. I would love to get that. But with that being said, man, Raiders should be good on offense, defense. We got to go hard in defense, man. This should be a defensive draft. Yeah, very talented Raiders team, Las Vegas Raiders. Y'all Oakland fans, y'all can continue to live in the past. <laughs> They're the Las Vegas Raiders now uh, and forever, apparently, until they decide to move again. But Oakland team, fantastic team. A lot of talent on the team. Uh, if it wasn't for, you know, a bad break, pun intended, last year, you know, who knows where this Oakland Raiders team would have went uh, if David Carr when they went down. So they had the pieces. You have some holes that needs to be addressed. Usually those holes, like I've said in the past, can be addressed through free agency. But Big Red, Reggie McKenzie, smart man. He said, you know, like you said, neat. We want to sign our players long-term, so that means we're not going to be uh, big contenders in the free agency. We're going to just continue to build our team through the draft, and that's a good look for your franchise because that's how you win a winning – that's how you build a winning franchise is through the draft. So I wouldn't be surprised. Like you said, you need the middle linebacker. I wouldn't be surprised to see Ruben Foster, middle linebacker from Alabama, fall to you guys, especially after the incident. Uh, with him at the combine, it might scare some teams away. But I wouldn't be shocked to see him fall in the draft. And if he's there when the Oakland Raiders pick him, I mean, yeah, it's Christmas. Merry Christmas. That's all I got to say. Merry Christmas. You can pick that dude up at 24. Y'all going to be something to deal with. Ruben Foster with Khalil Mack and Bruce Irvin. Yeah, it'd be nasty. But you know what, Raiders fans, you can only dream. But you know what, it'd be reality on the 24th, 20th, whatever day the draft is. So, uh, hey. Guys, the limit for this team. All right. Los Angeles Chargers. I was about to say San Diego Chargers, man, because it still hasn't set in with me. I'm just like, damn, L.A., another team, man. So we got the Los Angeles Chargers with the Rams. All right. Los Angeles Chargers, they went ahead and signed left tackle Russell Kong. Chargers, I don't think you got the memo, man. This this guy can't stay healthy. <laughs> and you're going to give him a big, fat-ass contract? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, you, you guys going to be paying for it after this year. Probably gonna cut him after this year due to his horrible play. He probably can't even stay on the field. And they also signed uh, running back Ken Wan Barner. Now he played sixteen games last year. He played What'd sixteen games last year. He well, yeah, that's last year. Last year. That was the first time in his career, man. <laughs> yeah. And you got to think, man. That, that's the first time in his career. So 
if he could do that this year, hey, that's a miracle, man. Ah, yeah, he's only done it once in his career. The guy's in his, what, early 30s, so... Nah, man, you, you giving this man all this money, man. He was good when he first came to the league, but nah, he, he's been terrible the last few years. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. But all, all I know is Khalil Mack is going to have fun with his ass this upcoming season. All right, my question for this team. This team needs to do some upgrades at the safety's positions. I know they got uh, Dwight Lowry and, and uh, a, a day at the strong safety and Lowry at the free safety. But when you look at the two, man, there's not enough plays being made back there. We're talking about just two picks between the two guys. So I, I think in that first round, I think the Chargers are picking, what, seventh or eighth. I look for them to take Malik Hooker, um, the safety out of the Ohio State University. That's what a lot of mock, mock drafts have him going there. So I think they're going to go with him. And then I got questions at the right guard position, Donovan Clark, Spencer Poli, or are they going to draft uh, someone early in that second round? Because they definitely need a guard to keep Phillip Rivers upright. So with that being said, man, Chargers, man, the front seven looks nice. They got the receiver core. We just got to see, man, Phillip Rivers getting up their age, but they do need to protect him. Yeah, that's the number one thing they need to do, Phillip Rivers. He's the man. Everybody know I love Phillip Rivers. A couple years ago, I thought they addressed their biggest need, the, the biggest hole in that team, which was the running running back position. Melvin Gordon came in. Uh, you know, he, he's battled some injuries. Uh, so I'm looking for him. If he can, if he can play a full sixteen game season, healthy, uh, Russell Okun, that's a good pickup. Like, like you said, if he's healthy, if he's healthy, it's a great pickup for him. Uh, but it's a gamble, being that you, like you said, he only had one year where he played all sixteen games. But anyway, if Russell Okun can stay healthy. I think it'd be a great addition for the running game. Uh, great addition for Melvin Gordon. Great addition for, or you know, great move for. Phillip Rivers, the offense would be so be be solid. Defensive side of the ball, we know what Joey Bosa did last year. And Nick, you talk about they might get another Buckeye to come in there. I ain't really sold on the on the safety uh, from Ohio State. Uh, he had one great year. Uh, you know what? Uh, it's been a lot of it's been a lot of groups that had one great you know one one hit and then disappeared. Music acts that had one hit and disappeared. You know what? He had one great year. He has all of the uh, uh, physical traits to be uh, Malik Hooker has all the physical traits to be a great player. He only performed one year because they'd be just you know they had so much talent there at Ohio State. He's gonna only get on the field for one year. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he turn out to be a great safety. He definitely has the talent. Uh, so I wouldn't be mad if the Chargers picked him up. You know, especially if they have a great secondary coach who's able to mold the guy. He'd be a great addition for him. So <clears throat> Chargers. They've been there and they've been close every year, but somehow they always seem to fall. They always find a way to fall short of the finish line. So maybe this year, if everybody stays healthy, maybe Phillip Rivers will be able to get them across the finish line. <laughs> All right. Denver Broncos. Not too much big play, um, not too much uh, uh, moves been made in free agency for this team. They did address the offensive line, especially on that right side. They signed uh, former Cowboys right guard Ronald Leary, former Raiders right tackle Menelik Watson. And I'm going to say is this, Denver Broncos, good luck. Good luck with Menelik Watson because he can't stay healthy. I know all about Watson. I was a big fan of him when he came out, but he can't stay healthy. And here's another problem, uh, Denver Broncos. 
Khalil Mack and Bruce Irvin, they going to have a party. They're going to have a party on that right side, boy. They're going to load up on Menelikwasa's side and just going to run choo-choo, train, train, train all around him. And they going to have a field day right there on the quarterback, man, right in the backfield. So, yeah, I can't wait to see that. And Broncos, you chose poorly with this pick right here. I mean, with this uh, pickup with this guy. Um, they also brought in the motto uh, Pico, former Bengals defensive uh, tackle and former defensive end. Zach Kerr, who had two and a half sacks last season. So my question is this. Right now I'm looking at that that nose tackle spot, and Pico right now is number one on that death chart. So is he really going to be the starting nose tackle? Hmm, we'll see. Or the Broncos, are they going to address this Why not? position right here in the, in the first round? I know. No, I hear you. I mean, 37 tackles last year. I mean, he he's good against the run. I mean, I understand, but he's up there in age, you know. And I know they let Sylvester Williams Vince Wilford. Be, but what would you say? I said age don't matter at defensive tackle. Vince Wilford, but yeah, he's yeah. still producing. And he like 150 pounds overweight. Still. <laughs> Dombatar was a, a four three tackle. He played on that. He played the opposite of the three technique. He was great for he was great for many years with the Bengals. But I think as a nose tackle in the three four as a zero technique in the three four uh defense, I think this is more of his natural position. So yeah, I definitely see him being a starter. All right, all right, there you go, Chuck. Thanks for the insight. Tight end Virgil Green, are you the answer, man, or is this team gonna have oh. to maybe a, a <laughs> or is this team maybe gonna have to go after a, a Evan Ingram or OJ Howard in the first round if he slides down? And a qu- quarterback question, man, is this really uh, Trevor Simeon's job, or will Paxton Lynch? be battling him at training camp for the starting quarterback position that remains to be seen. Um, just seeing off of last year, Trevor Simeon looked good, man. So that being said, Broncos strong on defense. They just got to plug in a few holes right there. All right, last team before the show, we finish off the show, Kansas City Chiefs. You know, every year, man, the Chiefs don't make too many big moves in free agency. The only players they signed was a former Cowboys tight end, Gavin Escobar, who had big Big plans, man. I thought this kid was going to do his thing. Uh, really couldn't get together in Dallas. And they also signed uh, free safety Mark Weston Huff just for quality death. And they also signed defensive tackle Benny Logan, who had two and a half sacks, who is a run stuffy nose tackle, which is a good pickup. I actually think he's an upgrade over Don Terry Poe. A lot of Chiefs fans going to sit here and say, ah, whatever, man. You don't know what you're talking about. Actually, I do know what I'm talking about, man. Logan goes hard on every play. Poe's got weight issues, and so that might be the problem with him in Atlanta. He might only just play for one year. They did sign for a one-year deal in Atlanta, so we'll see how that works out. So my question is, man, it just starts with Alex Smith. It just seems like Alex Smith gets into the playoffs, but that's about it. You look at his stats every year, Alex Smith, 15 touchdowns, eight picks. You know, (laughs) I'm just like – has Alex Smith maxed out? I mean, is the Chiefs organization and the fans – are they smithed out? I mean, are they are they tired of this guy? I mean, do they really think they can win with him? I mean, I, I just I, I just I just don't get it, man. I just don't see Alex Smith taking this team to the Super Bowl in the near future. So it's gonna be curious, man. It's gonna be interesting to see. Are they gonna go for a quarterback early in, uh, in the first couple rounds, or they feel like they can give by with Alex Smith for the next couple of years? So Chuck, I'm gonna go ahead and let you answer that. Uh, sorry, I missed the question. What was the question? Uh, talking about Alex Smith, it, it, do it, do they think they can win with this guy for the next few years, or they think they can get by with this guy to the playoffs and maybe a little bit further uh, this year and maybe next I, year? I mean, I don't know what they're thinking. I can tell you what I I think. I think yes, you can win with Alex Smith. Alex Smith 
uh, he protects the ball. He has a decent. He's he's decently accurate. Uh, he's not your phenomenal. He he he's your mid left court. He's your mid level quarterback, and you can win with those guys. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl for for goodness sake, and he's ten levels below what Alex Smith is. So, uh, and then last year, if you look at this team's stats, they were middle of the road on offense and defense, yet they won twelve games. You know, so these guys know how to win football games, and I got to attribute that partly to Alex Smith. They just need that one or two more plays to get them over the hill. You know, and you could address that at certain positions. Uh, that's just everybody just get better, play calling, whatever it is. They're there. You can win with Alex Smith, if that's your question. All right. Yeah. All right. So Chuck says you can win with Alex Smith. And on that note, I can't I can't deal with Alex Smith. I'm sorry if I'm a uh, head coach, general manager. I've seen enough of the guy. But he can get you to play out there, really, like you said, Chuck. So that being said, Neek and Chuck. Thanks for tuning in to the show. If you missed the show live, you can always go to iTunes. Look for the Nick and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. On that note, fans, we will see you next week. And we will move on over to the NFC and talk about my Giants and them Cowboys in the NFC East Division. Uh, see you next week, fans. <laughs>